excited because it's a standalone message today, everybody. That means I am not tied to the restraints of a series, but I got to talk about anything I want. And so I got two uh, passages of scripture that I'm going to share with you, uh, Galatians and Matthew, and then we're going to tie it together, and then we're going to go hit up Applebee's. So uh, Galatians chapter 5 and verse uh, 13, this is Paul, he's writing to the church of Galatia, and uh, People have uh, snuck into this church of Galatia, and they began to tell others that, uh, that Jesus is good, but you also need other things uh, to be free. And Paul's like, whoa, hold on, that, that's inaccurate. And so he, his letter of Galatia, of, uh, to the Galatian church, is really, uh, hey, let me tell you what's really, really happening and so Galatians chapter 5, verse 13, this is Paul, in his letter, he says, You, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free, but do not use your freedom to indulge in the flat flesh, but rather serve one another humbly in love. For the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command, love your neighbor as yourself. And then in Matthew chapter 9, a uh, few verses here, it says this, as Jesus went on from there, two blind men followed him, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he, uh, he being Jesus, had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked, Do you believe that I am able to do this? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he, being Jesus, touched their eyes and said, According to your faith, let it be done to you. And their sight was restored. Jesus warned them sternly, See that no one knows about this. I love the rebelliousness in verse 31. But they went out and they spread the news anyways all over the region. Ooh, it's so good. This morning, for those of you that are taking notes, I want to talk to you briefly from the subject, free the bee. Free the bee. Hopefully that makes sense to you at the end uh, of, our, of our time together. So let's pray and we'll jump into it. Father, we thank you for today. God, we thank you for what you've already done, what you're already doing. Holy Spirit, right now, we just take a second. We acknowledge you as our guest of honor this morning. We say, do what only you can do. We want to leave here changed. We want to leave here better, not for our own benefit, but so that we can change the world around us. And so we thank you for that. We love you. We lean in to what you're saying in Jesus' name. Everyone say it. Amen. Amen. Man, so this past summer was very, uh, in, or yeah, yeah, this past summer was very interesting to me, in that uh, we had a bee problem in our house. Like out of nowhere, all of a sudden, there were like five to ten bees that just popped up in your boy's house. Like they, like they, they're just like, and they're annoying too. They're like, bzzz. and so like bees sting. So we're trying to like dodge them. You know, like they're flying and my kids are like freaking out like, ah, and so they're just annoying. But, but I got to be honest, there was a point where I became a little mesmerized by bees because um, after a while, we, we noticed that all the bees would migrate towards the window in our kitchen. And what I discovered, and please don't be offended for everyone that loves animals, bees are dumb <laughs> because they would constantly they would fly and then they'd run into the glass because they thought they can get on the other side. And so like, and they're flying and then I, 
And they hit, they hit the window, and they would do this over and over and over. And I'm sitting there, and I'm just like, I'm intrigued by this. <laughs> like this, like what are you doing? And so I actually forgot all about this, this, this like incident that, that took place until this past week. I had a friend that texted me a video. He's sitting in a restaurant, everybody, and um, there's a bee at the window, and the bee's doing the same thing. Bzz, bzz, and he's just with his camera. Filming it, he's he's filming this poor this poor bee, and uh, he sends me the video. He sends me the video, and he says, "This, can you put a sermon to this video?" And I said, "Challenge accepted." <laughs> yeah. No, but but I, I I opened up the video, and I feel like there's a feedback. I don't know if you guys are picking that up on the mic. Um, but but there. So 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 he he texts me this video. He's like. Um, can you make a sermon from this? And instantly, as soon as I watched the video, God is my witness. Instantly, I felt like the Holy Spirit uh, reminded me of something in that moment. I feel like the Holy Spirit reminded me of this. That in life, there are two types of people. There are those who are free, and then there's those who think they're free. Let me explain. This B, he, he, like, poor guy thought he was free. He's like, oh, if I'm assuming, I don't speak B, but I'm assuming that this B, like he, he keeps buzzing, hitting the window, and like thinking that he is free, that he can just go outside, but this window keeps blocking him. So he thinks he's free, but he really ain't free. In fact, I find it intriguing that the very thing that, that made him think he was free is the very thing that restricted him from being free. But, but then, uh, enough with the B. I, let's go to my friend. My friend that was filming this, he was actually free. See, my friend actually knew that if he wanted to get outside of that restaurant, then the way to do it was not through the window, but through the door. And here's why I'm bringing this up to you. And remember that, that what I said about the door. Here's why I'm bringing this up to you. Is because this is the very thing that the Apostle Paul is letting his audience know in Galatians chapter 5. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 13, the Apostle Paul starts off with saying, reminding us in Christ, those who are in Christ Jesus, you are free. That's amazing. That's great news. He's saying that you and I, those who are in Christ Jesus, you are free. In fact, Jesus says something so phenomenal in John chapter 10. He says, Jesus says that I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved, will be free. And so Jesus, he, he, he's, he's saying that, that he's the door. And so Paul, excuse me, going back to Paul, he says, friends... Brothers, sisters, in Christ Jesus, you are free. Here's some great news for you, that, that if you are here and if you have made Jesus the Lord, the boss of your life, if you believed that he died, resurrected, and, and for you, man, you are free indeed. That's some good news. You are no longer bound to sin. You are no longer bound to the desires of your flesh, but you are now free to obey God. 
That's great news. And it's, we're not just free on earth, but there's an eternal aspect. To it because the moment that I make Jesus the Lord of my life is the moment he snatches me from the pit of hell. And he frees me, liberates me from eternity away from him. Great news. You and I are free in Christ Jesus. That's amazing news. And I get so excited about what Paul says that you and I were free. But then Paul is like, but... Don't let your freedom, don't use your freedom, excuse me, to indulge your flesh. All right, Paul, you got to chill. Because, <laughs> because he's like, hey, newsflash, you're free. Woo! I'm excited. I'm free. But don't use your freedom to indulge your flesh. Do you know what the greatest desire and yearning of your flesh is? Yourself. Think about it. Your flesh you, like you, everything that you want pretty much revolves around what you, revolves around you. Like your flesh desires things that can benefit you, that makes you better, that makes your life, like we desire and we long for ourselves. To, we, we, we long for, for, for what pleases me. What makes me better? What, what helps me? And Paul, Paul is saying, he, he's saying that uh, don't, or that there's freedom. You're free in Christ Jesus, but don't use your freedom just for you. So I want to pause and I want to say that, that for those of you that have, that have embraced the goodness of Jesus that have made Jesus the boss of your life, and you are free, I, I, I need to interrupt the, 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 the program and let you know that your freedom is not just for you. He goes on to say that, in fact, you're free to serve other people. He says, in verse 14, he says, to love your neighbor as yourself. So think about what Jesus is saying, or excuse me, what Paul is saying. He's like, you're free, but it's not just for you. Your freedom is to help someone else. Your freedom that you have in Christ is to help serve someone else. The freedom that you have in Christ is to help love someone else. The freedom, let me put it this way, the freedom that you have in Christ is to help liberate someone else. See, I find it so fascinating that Paul he hitches someone else's liberation, someone else's freedom to you. Yeah. He, he, he ties your freedom, someone else's freedom, to the freedom that you're experiencing wow. right now. He says, you are free. You were created to be free. Now, this idea that Paul, that, 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 that Paul gives us, um, it, it makes sense, right? Like this idea that if I've experienced a freedom, then obviously I want to share it with someone else. This just makes sense. Like, in fact, if we take a step back, we do that all the time. Think about it. Think about it. That restaurant that you went to that had the best chilaquiles ever, but, like you're telling everyone, yo, you got to come to my, this place is so good. 
They didn't even ask for your opinion. You don't, you're like, I don't even care. It's so good. <laughs> that diet that you just, yo, you got to check out this diet. We don't even care. We didn't ask. I don't care. This diet's amazing. And we do this all the time. Like, we naturally do this. Anything that we experience that has benefited our lives, we have this natural uh, propensity to want to share it with others. So when, when we experience a, a good movie or a new makeup line or some new clothes, a new store, a new restaurant, whatever it is, like we naturally tell the world about it if it's, if it's, if it's changed our life, if it's made our life better. And we do it for everything except perhaps the one thing that changes your life the most. And it's Jesus. Now, the story that I was telling you at the beginning with my friend videoing this bee, I got to be honest, he was filming it, and when he sent it to me, I was thinking to myself, I didn't tell him this because I didn't want him to get offended, but I, I, said, I said to myself, I was like, bro, like, help it out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm like, just, like, stop, like, help, like, it needs to be, free the bee, right? Like, free the bee. Yeah. I'm, I'm thinking, like, free, free the, like, help the bee out. But here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Like we we would we're, we're like I, I would help it out, but we don't want to get what stung. And I began thinking about this, and it got me thinking. Like I wonder if the reason why we have such a hard time to share what Jesus has done in our life is because we don't want to get stung. We don't want to get kicked back from someone where we're like, hey, you got to. Man, this, this guy, Jesus, like, I, 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 he changed my life. And they're like, oh, did he really? Did he really? Well, let's talk about the Old Testament. Wait, what? what? Let's talk about Noah, okay? Let's talk about creation being billions of years old. Like, no, 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 I just want to talk to you about Jesus. Like, or like this idea of like being stung. We're like, I, I would, I, I want to share, I want to tell people about Jesus, but like, I haven't read the Bible all the way. Like, what if they ask me like this crazy question about the Bible that I don't know? Like, what if they, what if they, what if they begin to ask about like different theological concepts and questions and, and, and like, we're like, I just don't want to get stung. Like, I love Jesus. He's changed my life, but I just. Want to get stung? Yeah. Getting stung hurts. Yeah. It stinks. And so this morning, I'll, if 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 you're here and, and you're like John, I get it. Like I don't want to get stung. <laughs> you're in great company. Cause I'm like that too. Yeah. I'm like, dude, I don't. I, I want. And then they find out that I'm a pastor. Then they're going to ask all kinds of things that I'm like, I don't know. You know what I'm saying? Like, just keeping it 100 right now. <laughs> Y'all get stung. I get stung. You know? um, and the bang come up. I don't know what I'm talking about right now. Um, but uh, but so, so if that's you, if that's you and, and like you, you're like, man, I love Jesus, but like I'm not telling anyone because I don't want to get stung. You're in great company. And uh, I, I want to I submit to you something this morning that uh, 
that, that maybe potentially can help you and help myself when it comes to that tension of like, I, I, I know that I'm free. In Christ Jesus, I am free. And I understand that I'm supposed to I'm supposed to help others, that my freedom is, is, is given to me so that for me, but also to help liberate others, to help free others, to help free the bees. Right? So, so I, I, wanna, I wanna submit to you one, one thought of, of perhaps the best way to do this. And, and for me to share that, we're gonna go back to the story in Matthew chapter 9. Matthew chapter 9, and uh, it's, it's that story of Jesus. And these two blind nine, right? I almost said mice. Two blind men. Two, <laughs> two blind men. Scripture says that they were blind and, and they couldn't see. And, uh, and Jesus, and Jesus is like, they go up to Jesus. They follow Jesus. And Jesus says, do you, do you believe that I can heal whatever you're wanting. And these guys are like, yeah, we believe. And then Jesus, oh, I love Jesus. He says, well, then in that case, he says, your faith has made you well. And all of a sudden, scripture says, the eyes were open and they could see. But then, it doesn't stop there because Jesus, once they, once they are able to see, Jesus says, all right, guys, now check this out. Listen, listen, listen. You can't tell anyone. Don't tell anybody about what just took place. And the two guys are like, okay, we won't. And then the very next verse, it says that they're running telling everybody and their mama about what just took place. They're like, ah, I can see. I can see. And if you think about it, their reaction makes sense. Their reaction to what they just experienced makes, makes sense. They, they, they're excited, and I know Jesus told them not to. And it wasn't for selfish reasons. I, I think it was because Jesus knew that once word got out, people would just swarm him. But I think on the other side of it too, I think deep down inside Jesus knew what he was doing. I think deep down inside Jesus knew that the human propensity of getting healed from something that everyone said could never be healed, being healed instantly, it's going to cause something to happen inside of a person where they just can't keep quiet. And so these two guys, they're running around all town, all around town. Guys, I'm free. There's this guy, Jesus. He healed me. We were blind, but we can see now. This is, and they're going everywhere. They're telling everyone. They're excited. They're excited about. Now, wouldn't it be funny if in their midst of them, them running around telling everyone that all of a sudden, like a Pharisee came and was like, Hold on, sir. I know what you're saying, but uh, can you list the Ten Commandments in order? You know, like what? I don't know. Like, like I know, like if a Pharisee, like one of the religious people, are like, "Hey, stop!" 
You know, like, did he really do that? Can you explain the eschatology of numerology of the hypothology, right? Like, a, <laughs> so, so here's, here's my theory, here's my theory, and then we're gonna be done. Here, here's my theory. That people are less concerned. No, 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 wait, I'm gonna say it differently. I'm gonna say it differently. Rewind. If, 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 if we are wanting to, to, to help liberate others, which Paul says that's what we're called to do. If you're free, hey, you're meant to free someone else. He, he, here's what I think is, 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 is our role in doing this. Is when we are less concerned about trying to explain theology and more concerned about sharing our testimony. So, so like theology is important. You got to believe that God loved you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for you. That in him, you are free. When I believe, like theology, that, that's important. That's probably perhaps the biggest part of theology that you can't, you got to get. And so that's important. But as long as you know that God sent his son Jesus for all people to, to receive life through him, what if... What if the way that you and I become less concerned about the sting is we're more concerned with our testimony rather than our theology? If, if like, we're less concerned with trying to win people over with debates. Like, yo, my brain's bigger than yours. Let's talk. Jesus. No, man, come on. Let's tell them about your story. See, because people can argue your theological points that can argue what God's done in your life. They, they can argue, they can argue, they, they can argue all they want about, about like what happens when you die, like is there, uh, I don't know, what are those words, where are my elders at, those, those, those post, pre, things, like, yes, that, like that, like it's like, we're like, let's debate, the, no! They can debate that. They can't debate that these two guys were once blind, but they can now see. That people can debate your theology. What they can't debate is that at one point in your life, your marriage sucked, but all of a sudden Jesus came. He healed and he restored and he fulfilled something in your marriage. They can debate theology all they want, but they can't debate that at one point you were blind, but now you can see. And for a lot of you, what you didn't realize is that when you were going through that hard time in life, when you were building your testimony, and you're like, man, this is horrible, I hate this, like, why, why am I doing this? Why do I have to go through this? What you didn't know then, but I'm trying to help bring clarity now, is that God was building your testimony. 
that you endured something. And I know it was hard. I know it was rough. And I know you would have preferred not going through it. But what you have gone through, what you have experienced, God wants to redeem. He wants to use it for good. He wants to use it to help liberate someone else. That that story that you've gone through, that heartache that you've gone through, that, that, that disappointment that you've gone through, that he wants to use it to build your testimony because there's someone who is in bondage that needs your story, that needs to understand what you're going through, that you're not all alone. He wants to free you. He wants to liberate you. Free the being.